0: On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we break down the first place Cubs and Sox and how, of course, there's going to be a Crosstown World Series without any fans. We'll then dive into the Bears and preview their matchup against the Giants, talk about Alan Robinson's drama all week, and a whole lot more. Here we go. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago
1: Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one network for professionals. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Dan. You can find me at on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The man on the other side of the Zoom from me, he's Joey, Could be found on the Tweet machine as well at Joey Gelman. Joey, lots to talk about. Baseball, bears, drama, Alan Robinson, socks are good. Cubs are good, but they play in a crap division. They kept you up all night. <laughs> they did. But you saw a victory in extra
0: innings. How are you feeling? I did. It was fun. El Mago delivers. I hope he can get over his slump and, and, and finally find a way to carry this offense because no one else really can. But it's fun. I love extra inning baseball. I don't like the new rules in extra inning, but any free baseball to me makes me very, very happy, even if it's super duper late.
1: And you won a game without having a batter hit by a pitch.
0: Yeah, and that's something. <laughs> Look at
1: that. What was it? Two hit-by-pitches in a row, correct? I'll be completely transparent. Didn't see the game, but it was two batters in a row. Yeah, last night, yeah. Two hit, yeah. two guys
0: in a row, and Cameron Mabin had a walk-off hit-by-pitch. And then you get another one. You, you get
1: another victory today, extra innings. Let's just be real here. A lot of the, the storylines, and I know a little bit of what you kind of teased early on in the teaser, if you will, was first-place team, 30 wins. 10 games above 500, sounds great to me, <laughs> only only a couple handful of games remaining, but the confidence, and we talked about this before, maybe not so strong in Cub fans as of late. You said it yourself, maybe El Mago could turn it around, because if he doesn't, who the hell's leading the team into the postseason? Ian Happ? If that's the case, with all the talent you got, and all the, the main core there, the Rizzo's, the, the Baez, the Bryant's, the Contreras, and granted... You know, it's not, it's not a perfect season this year. Injuries play factor and all that and whatnot. I totally get it. But offensive identity, 30 wins, first place, granted in a week-ish division. But what is the offensive identity? And I, it's, a, it's a serious question because it's a question I feel we didn't have to really ask so far like in this whole golden age of cubs baseball if you will that's like almost a decade in right where maybe you're going back to 2012 2013 when this golden age started and if anything once it really kicked into the gear you knew what you had offensively you had rising stars you had the rizzo's you had the bryans you had javi Baez coming and you know you know wilson Contreras coming up and on, barney. the barney yeah oh, the, <laughs> there you go <laughs> and the offense was fine right and all you needed was some pitching, you know, even the year 2016 when they win the World Series. All right, let's just go out. Let's get a Chapman. You know, this this is the guy, you know, who's going to get us over the hump. And, you know, with a little bit of help and, and, and a rain delay and everything, the Cubs got there. And then even years after that, it was let's just fix the bullpen. Let's worry about that. That's that's a key component of the team that is struggling offensively, though. We're fine. We're here. But this is the first year in a while, you know, past few seasons what, what's the identity of that club? Struggle bus? I mean, I don't know. It's a serious question, though. It's, it's a question, at least, you know, I feel we haven't asked enough over the past few years of what's going on with the offense. All these big names and your leader for the majority of the season has been Ian Happ.
0: Yeah, which is crazy because if you had asked somebody about Ian Happ two years ago, I said, of course I want Albert Elmora to play over him. And now I would look <laughs> like an idiot saying that.
1: But, but no, what it- happened with that? What happened with Elmora? Well, well, we'll get back into that, too, but... To me, that, that why – just what happened? <laughs> well, what went wrong there that, that he didn't get, to me, the appropriate chance that he should have gotten? He was supposed to be one of those main core. He was supposed to come up with the Rizzo's and the Schwabers and the Bryans, and that didn't
0: happen. Yeah, I, 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 think, <laughs> I, I think he just unfortunately turned into a phenomenal defensive center fielder that just couldn't hit. And I think you kept waiting for him to turn it around and he was really, you know, starting to become really smart in the outfield and he just couldn't match it on on the offensive side. So you had to ask the question every day, okay, do you put Hap in because he can hit better? Or do you put Elmore in for defense? That's why Elmore always came in at the end of the games and it got to a point where it just wasn't serviceable anymore. You you had nothing being produced and and it it actually it circles back into this conversation um about the offense because you couldn't make that sacrifice anymore. You couldn't give up uh, the offensive plate appearances that Elmora would have had when you're in a 60 game season that is reliant on as many wins as you can muster. And for a long time when you had Jason Hayward or Al- and Albert Elmore in the same lineup, you weren't gonna get anywhere. Now, obviously Hayward's having an awesome year this year, and and you couldn't give up that spot in the lineup, especially now you have a DH, so you got to take full advantage of what you can have. And I think it just kind of came down to that, where you, you, you couldn't have the defensive luxury on your team anymore because you had to you had to swing the bat. You knew you were going to be good, and to stay in first place, you, 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 you needed to make that change. It sucks. I feel bad for him. I, I wish he turned it around and turned into a guy, but that kind of hasn't happened. He's still young enough. He still can do it, but I'm not sure it'll be a, a star with this team. Who the
1: hell, and I I mean this seriously, like, who's the guy, you know, to me, I would think it's somebody, you know, uh, more on the veteran and like a Rizzo or whatnot, who's going to pick it up offensively, right? I I think that's what we're all waiting for. I think a lot of times you hear, they just need, you know, the offense as a whole to pick things up, right? It's, you know, you you could talk about Ian Happ all, all you want about he's the one who's kind of those awkwardly if you will, leading the charge because obviously you don't want him to be your best offensive player for the majority of the year, which he's been for the majority of the year. He's been the Cubs' best offensive player (laughs) for the majority of the year. But at what point do somebody else, other players, just pick it up? And I don't mean pick it up for a game or two. I mean just get it together. It's a short season, only 60 games. Obviously, no players ever been a part of this in their career where they play a major league baseball right. season and they only have 50, they only have 60 games to figure it out and it's coming off of months worth of just working out at home or working out whatever kind of way they were doing you know maybe with some other people who knows but there was that big gap between a few spring training games that we were doing you know we were about middle of the way in march and then all of a sudden up oh, everybody could go home and now, and now you come in, you do have 60 games to put it into you know, full swing, pun intended. But a lot of other teams have done it. The White Sox, who this was supposed to be their year to, to, to sprout, they're doing it. And we'll touch on them in a bit. Why? I think it's a question of why haven't these veteran players, the, the ones who have been on the team for a while, the ones who've been part of the core for five plus years, why are they not taking that step? Is is it just they just can't? Is it just it's a str- it's just not their year offensively to put it all together and have everything click? Because I mean, in terms of the way the offense is moving, sure you're a first place team, sure you're a 31 team, but offensively, every now and then, like you're kind of just getting by. And the pitching has been has been great. You know, obviously you got you who figured out, oh, I wasn't really bad. You know, th- there was just some banging on garbage cans that messed me up. That's all that was. And you know, you have you have, you know, Alec Mills going out there throwing no hitters, fantastic. But offensively, where is it? Where's the where's that veteran leadership? Like this is when it's supposed to shine the most. These veterans that you want to cling on to and that you want to give contract extensions to because they're the main core, this is why you want those guys around. You want it for this time, right? Where is it? Where are they? Yes.
0: This offense (laughs) This (laughs) offense in this run has run through Bryant and Rizzo. And you have a situation here where, you know, Rizzo's still, you know, very good player, and rightfully so, and there's just something about Chris Bryant that isn't right. And I know he's had some injuries, and whether it's hand injuries, shoulder injuries, and, and, and things back and forth, and, and I know there's, you know, a lot of strain on the players this year to keep their heads in it, because there's a lot of crazy shit going on outside of that ballpark um, right. in, in the world, and, and and he's, you know, talked about that, Um but it's it's really frustrating because you 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 see a progression of a player like Bryant and someone wrote it on Twitter earlier right before we jumped on and it was like has there without injury has there been a bigger fall from like stardom and grace than Chris Bryant has had in this run where he's literally league MVP and then by 2020. I still believe he's a great baseball player, but there's actually real questions to be asked about it and this offense really runs by him in the in the cleanup spot. and when he can't get it going for whatever reason, it it, it trickles down and you would say, okay, finally, the the Cubs have been praying to have a designated hitter to fit all these guys in a lineup. Like that's what you were praying for in fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And I don't mean to go revisionist history, but it's the idea of right. You had so much offense and you didn't have anywhere to put it. And now you're you're the opposite. You're you're relying on on, on miracle home runs and swings of the bat versus having consistency. And I don't I don't know a, an easy fix for that. I mean, they got a new hitting coach this year. and It's supposed to be better, but it's 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 just not clicking and the difficulty is you could sit here and say okay well it doesn't matter because it's 2 months into the season we'll get it turned around no problem you have time you don't have time anymore this year there's no there's no easy fix of we'll get into it because you can't the the, the season's over in 10 days
1: it's funny and that's something i do want to touch on too is you know teams who are They always say, like, in the the long 162-game season, man, you want to really turn it on, you know, last 25 to 50, you know, whatever games of the season because you want to get into the playoffs hot, you want to stay hot, and you want to take it all the way to the show, and you want to win it all. Only a 60-game season, so this is it. (laughs) It's been it. Like, this has been the time. I mean, 15, 20 games remaining is definitely the time where you need to turn it on. And you talk about somebody like Chris Bryant, like you said, from – Way up here, like, the the ebbs and the curves, like, very early on in the career, 2015 NL Rookie of the Year, 2016 NL MVP, 2016 World Series Champion, and, I mean, the the, the sky was the limit for him, and, you know, potentially still is, and let me say, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by just saying that I'm not saying the Cubs should have traded Chris Bryant or got rid of him when they quote-unquote got the chance, but... Can we just for fun? Can we rewind? What was it like? Where we at already? Maybe a half year ago or so. Maybe a little six months plus when in the offseason it was almost like a done deal. The Cubs are getting rid of Bryant. They were dealing him. Remember in Cubs convention when he didn't yeah. show up, and then what, what was it? The the wife had to tweet out like everybody relax. He's fine. Like like. <laughs> He's actually telling the truth. He's not making up some bogus excuse just to not be at Cubs Con, and because he is indeed going to be traded, or you know, he's going to be wearing a different jersey next year. But do you, like, I just want to remember it because remember during that time, almost everybody with a logical brain, sports fan, sports media, was like, how, like, what in the world are the Cubs thinking, getting rid of him, even thinking about thinking about getting rid of Chris Bryant, you know, trading him away. And then there was that weird situation where it's like, oh well they actually might trade him away, but you know, maybe they get something like a Nolan Arenado in return. What? <laughs> like <laughs> what does what does that solve? Like what are you doing here? But it's just interesting to think about. And once again hindsight's twenty twenty. And no I don't think the Cubs should get rid of Chris Bryant, but it's easy to rewind where not even a year ago, you know, you could just basically take yourself back to Cubs convention where there was like this big scare, and everybody was on the edge of their seat, and they were just waiting for the official tweet to come in right. that Chris Bryant is gone. Well, he's still here, and granted, I mean, he hasn't even played 30 games this year because, you know, dealing with injuries here and there. Obviously, very slumpish season, and, you know, I don't know how many people keep trying to turn to this, but you kind of think of 2018 when he got hit in the head. And I don't know, I don't know how much that still has it's like he hasn't been the same guy. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's very scary. Yeah. I hope that has nothing to do with it. I know early on, like after that injury, you know, and after he came back from that Everybody's like, oh, you know, it's obviously, you know, either a mental factor or something's going on there. But then he turned it on again. Right. It was great to see that because you want – you don't want an athlete to struggle because of that. You definitely – you don't want an athlete to struggle, period. You know, nobody's rooting against these guys. Um, Only when the Sox do face the Cubs or Cubs face the Sox. so then, then, of course, I am. But – I mean, I don't know. There's no telling, right? Unless like he comes out and he says, "Oh, that's it," you know. Unless he's going out there and he's he's claiming that you know that that incident from 2018 mm-hmm. is, is what is what you know is has been hurting his career ever since then. But it, it's it's almost like a shame to see. And I guess you know where I'm ultimately trying to get at here is let's just say. I mean I know you you mentioned in the teaser that obviously we're going to have a uh, Sox Cup World Series with no fans in attendance but I mean the Sox would win that anyway. So basically what I'm saying is we're <laughs> going to fast forward we're going we're going to fast forward to after this MLB season, right? What's the what's the plan, you know? And obviously there'll be plenty more shows to talk about this, but it almost gets you thinking ahead of the curve like, wow, if we were talking about this before the start of this season, if things don't turn around, you know, I'll bring this back to present day. If things don't turn around now, if they don't turn around fast, if they don't turn around in the playoffs, what does that offseason look like? Because the way they end this season, you know, and this is total Cub, this is, this is total any professional team. The way you end the season now with the expectations the way they're supposed to be, I mean, hell, let's face it, this team was supposed to be, they were supposed to be a dynasty or dynasty contending team, right? Absolutely. If the offense stays this way, what the hell, what the hell do you do?
0: Yeah. What, I mean, what? I mean, I mean, Rizzo said it at the beginning of the year, I mean, he was candid of this could be the last time we're all together. And it's,
1: didn't they say that last year too, at some point, I could be completely wrong, but was might have. like Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. but
0: it just, just the, the, the concept of that's like a weird reality to think about. And then you, you try to figure out what that means moving forward. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't want to speculate yet because I want to see how they finish. But I'm also concerned that an offense like this where they're in first place but it doesn't feel great reminds me of a 2007-2008 a, a a, a Chicago Cubs team that made the playoffs and then forgot entirely how to hit for each of their... Series against uh, the Dodgers and the and the Diamondbacks and I mean I mean you have the fan favorites of Rammos Ramirez and Derek Lee and all these guys and, they had, and Soriano and they had great regular seasons. I mean the Soriano hit streaks and the, and the I mean this is like childhood joy remembering all these things yeah. and you had three games to show up and you didn't and, it, and, and so all those contracts and all that commitment and all that bad money was for naught. And luckily in this turn of events, you have a World Series, so when John Lester keeps crap in the bed every night, you can go to sleep saying, Okay, they won he the World Series, that. it was worth it. You knew the yeah. back half of this was gonna be bad. So it's you you got what you wanted, but you're right. It was supposed to be a longer window, and they still have really good pieces, they're gonna make the playoffs but i, I they they just may not be that team that's gonna tantalize and and, and, and take you over the top anymore because you're going to run into a good you're going to run into an la or a san diego and it's not gonna be pretty
1: i mean not only playoff contender like i said
0: dynasty like
1: contender. like you were supposed to be competing for multiple titles and kind of winning i mean let's be real i i to this day i'll never forget hopefully i forget it one day but i'll I'll never forget when the when the cubs signed you darvish Cause it was like that moment. Remember, remember that moment. Like it's, I, I, remember I was at the Chicago Auto Show for crying out loud. Like I literally even remember where I was when the Cubs signed you Darvish. Cause at that point, it was like, oh my gosh, this team is just gonna be unstoppable. Like they're gonna be unstoppable. Right, they'll be that much better. Yeah, and then we all know what happened with you until this year. You know, it's been, it's you know, there's definitely been some rocky moments but obviously turned it on a lot better. It's, it's one of the shining moments so far in the cup season, but they were legitimately supposed to be like, everybody was saying like, who is going to stop them in the NL right. for the next few years. And it was we're, the Astros with trash cans that made you Darvish bad. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> or is it going to be the Dodgers? You know, is, is it going to be the Dodgers that go on ahead and do it? I don't know. But, but even I mean, the Dodgers and the
0: Astros made the world series twice.
1: Well, the Dodgers have been the team, right? right. They, they have been the ones. I mean, and they'll probably make it again this year. If it wasn't for the Astros messing everything up and cheating their way into a ring, for all you know, the, the Dodgers' run is significantly more impressive than the Chicago Cubs' run yeah. as of late. But, they're, I mean, you mentioned it. You, you still have them uh, going to the World Series, at least for the sake of this podcast, correct? I mean, that that's uh, that's obviously where they're going. They'll, they'll get past the Dodgers. I mean, hell, whoever they face round one, there's gonna there's going to be some struggle there. But that's obviously by far the team of the NL. I mean, who else do you have? The Braves? I mean... Padres? Yeah. Fernando Tatis. It's almost like he should have been a white Sox. Love to see him in a Sox uniform, <laughs> but alternative universe. And I'll, you know what? I'll tell you this, because a lot of Sox fans want to cry about that. In an alternative universe, sure, you maybe have, you know, like a, a, a Fernando Tatis, but maybe if you do, you might not have a Moncada. You might not You might not have an Eloy Jimenez, because who knows what they do in terms of in terms of moves, maybe yeah. they don't look for
0: like a, for a, a if you still for now it's But anyways, well, I we'll said that with White with Texas. with uh, DJ Lemayhew. He's been an all star for years after the Cubs traded him. Yeah, but the um, Yankees.
1: Was, oh, there's been plenty of guys that the Cubs have gotten rid of uh, when they shouldn't have. Greg Maddox, you know, being one of them, but he came back to town, so so no worries. But anyways, the the, the boys on the south side. Just, I'll, I'll just uh, give it a quick little segue there. They're doing amazing exceeding joey's expectations i guess exceeding mine it's been great i'll tell you this this whole season it's, it's it's just been a blast i mean you think about it and nobody would have ever thought like going into this season especially the bookkeeper for, for all you gamblers out there if you bet the white Sox to win the division early on it, it's a pretty good ticket nobody would have expected hell leading the al in wins being the and I know like from from now you know they they face you know oh you know, so many games against the pirates so many games against, against the tigers I don't want to hear it they're beating the twins too when's the last time the Sox beat the Twins have a have a couple beers to that okay um it's just been a good time I go are these ten games over yet just just get rid of these ten games <laughs> get me into the playoffs I want to see it
0: yeah they're awesome I mean I I've said it before they're they're overachieving my expectations, and they are my equivalent of the 2015 Cubs, where they, you knew all the pieces are there and they're going to be really good. And they're all clicking together Moncada, Anderson, Robert, Jimenez, Dunning, Keikel, Giolito. I mean, the, the, these names you've wanted to turn things around for this team have and it's funny because boy when the Sox lost out on Machado it was like the world ended and they lost their big free agent that would take them over the hump for their contention run and now you see it and you go that would have been awesome but we have a stacked lineup right now that no one can stop and no one knows how to stop and that's that's what's amazing and, and and you're seeing really I mean every, this is for, you know everyone knows these stories but it's like you're seeing the the value come through of okay so you 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 did your Adam Eaton trade and that was fine and you got Projects in Giolito and and Dunning and well Dunning and Lopez are top prospects but at least then a project in Giolito, it's like okay the Cubs traded for a project in Arietta and now he was their top pitcher for the year. They won the series, and D- and Dane Dunning is phenomenal, and etching himself into that rotation as a need, not just as like a oh, this guy I could pitch for like they're going to need him if they're going to want to go far. And it's 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 awesome to see when everything starts to come together, and it's like you you can feel that rise. Like it's really, it's really powerful. I'm not even a Sox fan, but but you you see it and you feel it. And you go, this is growing. This is growing. This is where you're wanting to get to. And the Cubs have gotten to that pinnacle, which is phenomenal. But you don't have that hunger. Not like you're like a, a spoiled World Series winner fan, but well, I guess I could be. But but you have a, a a feeling of like, okay, like that 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 rise is over. So now you either stay there. Or it goes down. I, I, don't, I don't think you can go from peak, like, your peak plateau to the top. It's just, it's, the the the, the socks are really awesome. And I, I, I'm so frustrated that there can't be fans of these games. Like, if everything was normal, like, it would be amazing. Like, you'd have both teams... Like both teams are home tonight, right? You have both teams in first place, vying for some of the best records in baseball, sellout crowds. I mean, it, it would be, it would be amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because
1: maybe we're gonna make a new segment here called White Sox Therapy. Two <laughs> things I want to, two things I want to bring up. One, we'll, we'll rewind it a little bit. I really like that you mentioned Manny Machado because if you really think about that now. Can you imagine if if he was here? Like, that might not have really helped the Sox because just think about it. That's a long term contract you would have got into. Mm-hmm. That would have been a max. That would have been a that would have been a big boy right there, right? That would have been one of the less guys that are part of this core that potentially you could have you can't extend anymore. I mean, look about it. the they're all panning out. Give me one of the hitters that is not panning out. Robert, amazing Jimenez, love it. Moncada, a little bit of a dip from last year, but by all means, come on, come on with it. Madrigal, if he pans out to be really well the next few seasons too, like you're gonna get in a situation where you're gonna need to extend quite a few of these guys, you know, if you if you want to make a run at this thing. If you had Machado, and sure, at this point, like you can never have too much talent, right? Like that, that that's just the way it is. But that's one of the guys you would have already had locked up, right? That's one of the pieces that that is a fat long-term contract that I don't have to worry about. And sure, maybe there's still like a superstar way, but I I don't know if Machado was that guy. I, I really don't, you know, especially now that you have Moncada at the hot corner. So just something to think about. Like I said, a little therapy there where like you said, the world was like, "Oh my God, we're just never, we're just never gonna get there, are we?" You know, we're always missing on the free agents, and even last year, you know, it was last offseason, it was it was the Yasmanian Devil, right, Grandal, that was the big one. But that was like really it, like that was yeah. the
0: that was the big with one. an all star in James McCann already on your
1: roster. True, <laughs> McCann's been great this year, serving the role he's been serving. Um, but no, I mean. Rendell was the big one, and obviously people wanted something even a little bigger than that. That's even what they were saying. Like, you know, that's a that's a big signing. It's huge. One of the best catchers in the game by far. But you still need a real big one. Well, guess what? Luckily enough for the south side, maybe one of the real big ones is just up and coming. Maybe it's the Robert. Maybe it's maybe it's a Jimenez. You know, you never know. Obviously, the hope is that it is, right? And it will be amazing if it is. Because then that's the guy you just extend. You know, it's hungry. I know... You obviously want to go out there every offseason, and part of the rebuild is, yes, odds are these guys are going to pan out, but you still need veterans along the way to put it all together. But that mindset is, you know, part of a rebuild is you have so many pieces here, young pieces of talent, and you almost have to think about, maybe only if you're lucky, 70% or 80% pan out. But like I said, hell, they all are so far, for the time being, you know, could there be a real big dip next season? Maybe, you know, who knows. But the reality is everything's going fine now. And who knows? Maybe maybe now you're lucky because those are some of the guys you know you could give more extensions to. So that sucks therapy number one. Number two, let's get into it a little bit. I like that you mentioned this that it kind of sucks, right? That like you only have to like watch this team at home. You know you can't be out at the stadium watching the fireworks, you know, after they hit home run, after home run, after home run, after home run, like literally, but the thing about that is, though, I look at the bright side, you know, and as a Sox fan, you go, man, I we are very, very fortunate. Hell, the season even happened. Can you think about, like, if baseball didn't even happen this year, like, what we would have missed? We would have missed all this. Like, look at all this valuable time they're all getting. No, you're you right. Know, the Roberts, the Jimenez, the Monca. Like, if they didn't get these 60 games together, and now they're, what, one, two games away from clinching an official spot? a postseason ball and obviously they're going to have some games there hopefully a lot of games they'll have there that's a lot of really valuable experience that we almost didn't have so I mean I'm with you I'm with you that it sucks that obviously you know things are a little different and we, we can't be there at the park but that's one thing if you're a Sox fan to definitely look into is hey
0: thank God like they can at least get this experience because it's huge oh it's massive I mean it's it's because their expectations are so high for next year that if you didn't have this year as a base, it would almost be like you missed a little part of your window because all the pressure would be on next year, and you may not win it. And the fact that you're getting all these guys this great of experience, they're having a blast. You can't ask for anything else. I mean, I relate it to the Blackhawks where, you know, this playoff run for them probably means nothing in the grand scheme of if they were ever going to compete for a cup for a lot of the, the core guys you know, Taves, Kane, Keith, whomever. But for a Kirby Doc and for the young guys, it was immensely important for them because they were able to get a playoff experience, no matter it's a bubble or whatever, the intensity, a pennant race, a cup run, it's there. And the fact that the White Sox young core is able to get this after so much losing. I mean, all I think about, I because I, I I forgot and I was relooking up Jose Abreu's contract today because I was so worried. Like, oh my God, they're gonna win and then he's not gonna be there, and I feel so bad because he's amazing and he could even be AL MVP. And then I was like, okay, fine, he's he signed for three more years, but it it was this idea of you have this this young core that's ready to rock and there's been so much rebuild and a guy like Abreu and and even Tim Anderson in the beginning I mean he had a lot of Starling Castro syndrome where you're just on this team like what the hell am I doing here every day all we do is lose and it's really demoralizing and to finally have a team this year that turn that corner, that says we're here, and you have the national ESPN people, even though they forget the White Sox won the World Series, they look at this team every, time. every damn time. Every single year. But they look at this team and go, this is the lineup top to bottom I want every night. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. and And, and I think it's it's really special. It, it, it's going to be that next team when you always talked about. Boy, the Cubs are going to be really good. Boy, the Sox are going to be really good. It'd be awesome if they, you know, combined it together. And it's like this is the Sox time now. This is where that growth begins, and they're able to to do it in a really fun way, they're not like a boring baseball team that just wins like the Cardinals usually do. Like the the White Sox are, they got attitude, they got swagger, they got the drip. They called it on Twitter yesterday with all the guys where they have their shirts open. I mean, it's it's fun. It's really fun. Are you sure? Are you sure you're the Cubs fan on this show? Or I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let my happiness out somewhere, man. <laughs> there you go. I mean, because the Cubs stress me out. At least the Sox are gonna have fun with and not care if they win or lose.
1: I'm, I'm glad you're concerned about Abreu being around to hopefully get a, a, a ring that he eventually he deserves, you know, deserves. It deserves. Yeah, the, that's exactly where I'm coming. I'm glad you appreciate the swagger. I'm glad you appreciate the socks wearing, what is it? One or two buttons on their Jersey or (laughs) wherever they're at at that point, especially Eloy Jimenez leading the way with that. Totally about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be amazing. Like like you said, obviously expectations are going to be, are going to be sky high for them next year because that's it. I mean, they've arrived, right? The, The boys have arrived. I mean, where we're at now. I mean, they're getting to the playoffs. I know it's not official, but I mean they're getting there. And then you know whatever happens there. So you know, what do you what do you I,
0: see from them in the next ten days to make you feel any differently or any more confident?
1: Well, you know what's weird today. This is this is a super strange feeling. You know, we're, here we are recording the show. You know, We'll timestamp it here. We're on, we're on September sixteenth, and the Sox lost to the Twins. And normally, especially a few years back, you're going. Oh yeah, I mean that that's normal. You know, that that's what happens when the Sox face the Twins, especially the last few seasons, but hell, we we don't lose nowadays. Like it's weird. Like I've been <laughs> so my brain has been so wired, you know. Let's just face it. The Sox have had losing seasons. Right. I mean, hell, it's been forever since we've been into the playoffs. So, I'm used to taking the L, you know, on the South side, unfortunately. It happens. It's fine, but this season it hasn't happened a whole lot. I mean, it's been winning streak after winning streak. It's been phenomenal. Only seventeen losses this season. One of them tonight. You know, right, right now. Uh, it just happened a little while ago before we record the show, and that's rare. Like, holy cow! The the only thing that could really make me feel not too confident going in is just a loose stride. I mean, you don't have to win. You know, another eight. You know, another eight games in a row or anything like that to end the season. Just. Play play above five hundred baseball. I mean, w- win the majority of your games and show that like you're not you're not getting too comfortable. I mean, hell, there's there's one. It was a very impressive stat I saw last night when you know they, they pulled up the the White Sox. You know, pitching stats. You know, overall in the league, and like they're number one in everything. You know, this this winning this winning streak. They're, they're number one in ERA. The they're, they're number one in just about every category you could think about. And it's funny because the bats have almost Everybody's so excited about what's going on offensively over there that you forget that the pitching has been amazing. So, I mean, really, it's like you don't have to be that dialed in. Like, it's fine. It, it's weird. Like, if if they were, you know, in two more years or three more years down the road in this, then, yes, please stay wired in. Please have the top pitching. Please have top offense and go and go win the World Series. But you don't have to be the number one team in the league necessarily just yet, but just don't take too many steps back is, is just where – where i want them to be they're exceeding expectations and that's okay if you come down to earth a little bit almost because it gets a little expected right but just don't just don't go tumbling off and obviously like i said i'm saying it now you know they're going to the playoffs i mean that's just what it is like they are going to it's it's not official but they're getting there so when they do get there act like you belong there you know don't act like oh like this isn't really expected and oh we're just out there having fun like just act like you belong and to me that'll be enough
0: yeah, and I think I think they will. I mean, it, it's 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 funny. You you want to have guys that have playoff experience, but there's also the kind of group where you go, they're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. Like they, they know they're good. They know they're going to be good for at least a few years. Somebody as well try to go all out and win the whole damn thing and not worry about it. There's not not like there's an immense pressure expectation of oh my god, this is the last year of the cores together and we got to get this done. It's the last dance michael jordan plug uh it's not that and so you can go have some fun try to win some really important games in a really weird year and and in a playoff bubble that's gonna be odd and funky but the intensity will be there and sky's the limit for him. the last dance man that's uh That got me through the harsh
1: days of quarantine. It did, you know. It got everybody through. Well, I mean, like we're we're just going to speak it into exist speak it into existence. I should say on this show because um, Cub Sox, World Series—that's just what it's going to be. But see you in Arlington. We we wouldn't be—I'll be there. Hey, if I get a ticket, let's do it. We wouldn't be believing in all the Chicago sports. Obviously, if we didn't touch on uh, the Bears, and um, you know, we touch on uh, their game against the Giants coming up this Sunday. Giants suck. Please, like, like, can we please just win that game as well?
0: But you said that about we the talking. Lions, you said, beat the Lions, please. It's the Lions. And then they, if, if Swift catches the pass, they lose. Yeah, but that also would have been very disappointing.
1: I mean, I, we know, at least on paper, I think the Bears are the better team than the Lions. Oh, yes, no definitely. What, like on paper. Well, I, I, I say that very hesitantly because the quarterback has so much stock right and how good your football team really is like we know the defense is great they're the top five defense we keep their top five defense we keep talking about even though they almost blew it you know last week against the lions but they're a good defense at the end of the day they're still a good defense and but offensively and as a football team as a whole you're only really as good as that guy behind that guy under center and we saw some great glimpses the last you know five, seven minutes of the game. We did. You know, we there there was something good there. And you know, you can't just completely just dog on Mitch now and he earned himself another week. By all means, that's definitely what he earned himself was another week. And I fully expect them to be the Giants. And obviously he'll be under center and I fully expect
0: him to earn another week after yeah. that, week three. I mean They have a weird they have a weird schedule where they could seriously I mean, if they win, obviously, but you could be two or three and oh and it'd be the like the most uncomfortable Undefeated, you'd ever be as a Bears fan. Well, for the Falcons after this, and it's like, well, I'm not looking ahead. I'm just saying, it's like they have a really weird schedule to start, and it's like you could, you could eke it out a little bit. Well, that's why you got to win them now, right? Right. I mean,
1: that's why you have to make sure you take care of business because yeah, I mean, it's Falcons after that, and then you go into you know Philip Rivers wearing a, a Colts uniform, and then after that you got Tom Brady wearing the wearing the Bucks uniform. But even before you get into all that. A lot of uh, you know, first there was a, a lot being talked about Alan Robinson. Everybody was freaking out because he deleted all things bears, right? And everybody was saying, "Oh, he's." I'm not going to say like they probably called that bluff, but I, I didn't know how big of a story that really was, you know, coming out this week where he's you know deleting everything and demanding trades. Hard negotiation, right? He he just wants some money. That that's all it is. Yeah. Well deserved. I mean, he want he wants his cut. He wants his cut and. He showed after week one, he's still the main guy. I mean, say what you want about everybody else. You know, You know, Anthony Miller catching a few good passes and Jimmy Graham being there in the end zone when you needed him. But especially early on when Mitch is just happy pants out there and doesn't know where he's going to throw it, Allen Robinson's his guy. I mean, I at least give Allen Robinson that much Is he waited till week one to show it again. Like, hey, once again, now now the proof is here. I'm still the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Pay me the monies. And I get it. The Bears desperately need that. I mean, hell, they they need the quarterback to 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 figure it out too. We need we need somebody there to man the position with confidence and who knows, maybe it'll be Mitch. Maybe Mitch will keep shocking us week after week after week and you know, he'll be the guy we all need, right? But when it comes to Robinson, you need that too. You obviously need somebody the quarterback could go to, and he has proven that. While he's not a bona fide top five receiver in the entire league, he is a trustworthy number one. And I get it. He just wants to be paid as as such.
0: Oh, yeah, he deserves all the money. I I just, I worry that, yes, he said all the right things today, and they had a conversation with Nagy, and he's like, I want to finish my career as a bear. He wouldn't really admit or or verify if they asked for a trade or not. But there's a reality here of, you know, this has happened before. Like, Jordan Howard did the same thing, um, and the Bears ended up keeping him, and then obviously they moved him along a year later, but... The fact that the players got behind Robinson, one shows you how much he means to them, which is great as a teammate, a leader, what have you, because he's he's, he's a top receiver, not top five like you said, but he's a top, he could be a top ten receiver in the league, just with really crap quarterbacks in his history, but the fact that the players also supported him shows me that there really might be an issue here. And the fact that they went out on the limb that far, instead of like being company men and taking the team side, either not saying anything or or just kind of saying company lines, they were like, pay him. And and the fact that the Bears haven't yet was surprising going into the year, because that was kind of just logical. And now that this happened, I know they can, you know, make a face in the media today, but it's like they shouldn't even have to deal with this right now. Like that's their that's their top guy. They should have gotten it done. And if there are issues with it, like that's a problem. And all the players are all on his side. So if your best players are on his side, what happens if you don't get a good deal done with him? Are they gonna say, okay, well we're not gonna deal with you. You screwed over our guy. Like they're I know I'm probably reading too much into it, but but there there is a reality to the power the players have, and we've seen that across all sports and everything this year. But the fact that they were that outspoken of like, pay our guy. Like when like when's the last time you saw players come out and be like, pay my co-player or Mitch is an interview and they're like, yeah, they really got to get that contract done. Like you would never say that. You'd be too scared to say that for losing your job. So there's a reality here of, I, I just worry that that I don't. I still think the Bears have gotten past that that cheap. Uh, Mantra they've always been called. Like I really don't think they are that anymore, but there is a an interesting angle of okay, you can say all the right things today, but there clearly was something that went on that forced everyone to be ringing bells and whistles on Twitter and and interviews and everything of like pay our guy.
1: I think there could be a little bit of truth to that. So maybe there's something you know more going on behind the scenes. I hope not. I hope it's honestly just more of a trend. 'Cause I think we're seeing this across all, you know, sports platforms is that players are figuring out they got more leverage. I mean it's happening a lot in the MLB and you know they don't necessarily Yeah, Trevor Bauer's my favorite. <laughs> well well that's what I'm saying. Well, he he's incredible, but follow him on any social media platform you can if you don't already. But they're figuring out and for example, baseball, like they don't necessarily maybe band together as much as like say the Bears are doing right now for their teammates, but they're noticing they have a lot more you know negotiating and you know leverage at the table, if you will. And I ho- I hope it's more of that than oh there's like a there's like an actual problem here and the players just like see it. Like no matter what. I hope it's just them rallying behind their guy as a fellow player as someone who also You know, a lot of those other guys there along their careers might have to have similar type of conversations. Maybe not have as much leverage as Allen Robinson, considering, you know, he's obviously the number one wide receiver on the team. But I hope it's a little more of that and less than something else really big here is going on. And kudos to the Bears for going and, and helping their guy. I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the right thing to show that, yeah, he's he's obviously our number one man. And this is the guy who needs to get paid. I mean, hell, it was it was clear as day last season. And even if you get a new guy at quarterback, I mean, because obviously Mitch Mitch fell in love with him last year, but even if there is a new guy, Allen Robinson is still very reliable, right? So pay him and treat him like such, and that's all you have to do. And then th- that's really it. I mean, it, it's simple. More to your point of how in the heck this didn't get done with originally, who knows? Maybe they were worrying too much about the magnificent quarterback competition they were having between Foles and Trubisky. But at the end of the day, you know, you still need that target. We, we've needed that forever. I mean, yeah. remember we're going all the way back to, you know, the, the Musa Muhammad days and everything. We're like, remember when the Bears signed him and everybody's like, Oh great. We finally got somebody, you know, who, you know, we, we could throw to. Mm-hmm. We're constantly looking for top targets. We are. So just, just get it done. Yeah. But
0: yeah. You hope, know. And, and, and I hope you're right that it's more of that p- player empowerment of like, We know our guy deserves this, so we're going to back him versus an actual dispute. I I think that's a good way to look at it. You hope so, right? Yeah, Uh, I hope so. (laughs) The
1: the last thing you need when you're still up in the air about your quarterback situation is – can you just imagine because obviously this is what came to everybody's minds. If you are still – up in the air about the quarterback situation at the end of the season, and now your number one target is saying he wants to get out of there too. Now not only do you have to try to finally figure out after decades and decades what to once again do at the quarterback position, now you have to figure
0: out what to do with the with the number one wide receiver. It'd be a mess. Yeah. It'd be an, it'd be a disaster because then you go, Bye bye window. You got nothing you got nothing to build with now. And there we are. But there's gonna be plenty to build on because we're gonna we're gonna start the season two and zero. I like that. Right? All right, so so predictions. Let's go for it. Uh so you're saying two and zero. All right, good.
1: I'm definitely saying two and zero. I think I have the Bears. Let's get a little crazy here. Let's uh, let's run up the score a little bit. Last last week I had them at what seventeen offensive points. Twenty three seventeen. I'll go 23-17. I mean, look what the Steelers did to Barkley, which that to me is a little scary. Barkley having that bad of a game makes me think like, uh oh, he might time. turn it up. <laughs> yeah, not even revenge. Like, I don't expect Saquon Barkley to have back to back subpar weeks. Well, I just subpar, hit six yards. That's like impossible. What's that? And definitely very, very subpar. That—that's me on the golf course. I mean, that's like whoa, Dan. You're you're about seventy shots under. I mean, that's exactly what he was out there, but that's what I'm saying is do you expect that again like there's no way he's going to have less than 50 right no
0: no yeah I (laughs) I, I think the Bears win and like I hope it's like 28 to 10 or something but I but I I agree you can't imagine Saquon Barkley comes out and has another game like that 15 carries for six yards that's like impossible and Daniel Jones had some good moments he just had and also a boneheaded plays he's a young quarterback too but I I think that combination can't go uh, as poorly as it did week one even as good as the bears defense is so i'm i'm giving a 28 10 and you'll 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 have a couple of problems with barkley but i think overall they'll they'll be okay because the giants are really bad they're still calling themselves in a traditional year um, which is basically we're rebuilding but don't tell anybody so i think the bears should be fine uh, and, well there we and go on from there
1: and we're 2-0 and, oh, and the bears have an amazing defense and mitch trubisky it's not just two minute, Mitch. He, he's just back. I mean, he's he, he, he's he's the man now, right? That that that's who we're going with. No, I'm just kidding, but we'll see what he has. Obviously, there' a lot to be answered in this game coming up. And I mean, I, this is the storyline every week. But it can either be really ugly, ugly, where you lose to this team that you're definitely not supposed to lose to. And once again, on paper you shouldn't do it. If you want to be a playoff contender, if you want to be in the mix, hell, even for a Super Bowl, you got to get it done against this team. And you know, you got some rough games coming up. You want to start this season off two and zero. This is the way to do it. I hope we have. I hope we have a fun show on Sunday when we're recapping it. I hope. I hope it's all. I hope it's all smiles and everything, just like it was last week, which it was a little bit of a relief, you know, and and a sweat wiper, if you will, last last week. But hopefully, it's just another two and zero victory.
0: I'm all in for that. I'm all in for happy Sundays because that means a happy week. Because <laughs> otherwise, there we it's go. sad, man. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Again, thanks for listening to us. Uh, You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love some love on there, some ratings and likes and downloads and subscriptions. It's always nice because we want to grow our show and we want to build it up, and uh, we can only do that with you. So uh, please give us any feedback, anything you may have. Again, this is part of the Believe podcast network i'm on twitter at joey gellman he's at twitter at tweet dan collins we will talk to you uh again on monday again we we release these on mondays and thursdays and hopefully after a bears win so we will uh see you next week thanks for listening everybody